All right, guys, welcome to the Flight Test Podcast. Um, I'm Austin Fury. And I'm DJ Williams. And here we have uh, Steve Petrodo on the line with us. Um, Steve, did I get your name right? Yeah, close enough. It's, it's one of those difficult <laughs> names, so, you know, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever said your name out loud, so I just kind of took a shot at it. But uh, Steve is the brand manager for Spectrum um, and the Blade Lines at Horizon. Um, and Steve has been working there for quite some time now. Um, Steve, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do there? Yeah, so hey guys, um, so I, I am basically the uh, the guy that touches all the marketing for both Spectrum and Blade. So my you know official title is Senior Brand Manager, and that just means I've been here a lot longer than the other guys. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and I've got two guys that report to me that are Associate Brand Managers who are kind of up and coming, and they do great work, and they're learning the processes and that kind of thing. But uh, so anything that, that touches the consumer's hands or eyes, basically I have a hand in. So if it's the way a product looks and feels, if it's the way a, you know, a piece, a print advertising looks or a, a video looks, and all those components that you see outwardly facing from Horizon for those two brands, you know, I have a hand in in some way, shape, or form. We have a big creative team. We have, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people working behind the scenes. I'm just the guy that gets to be the the fighter pilot when I get I get to show off, and and the rest of the people are working hard <laughs> behind the scenes. So uh, it's a, it's a fun job. It's a lot of work, but uh, I really enjoy it, and I've been doing it here for about six years. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been doing uh, um, this here at Flight Test for just under five years, and I don't really think there's been a time that I haven't seen you over there at uh, at Horizon doing stuff. Um, with the Blade line and with the Spectrum line. Um, it's just great to see all the different stuff that you guys have been doing yeah. um, with Spectrum and with Blade. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. You know, we've I, when I first started, it was for Blade, it was all helicopter. We had the MQX, if you remember that, um, but that was kind of like a, a fun acro quad. If you think about it in today's terms, it doesn't even have didn't even have self leveling in it. Um, but now we've come so far with the camera drone craze, and now into FPV, and now that I get to work on Spectrum, it's a whole different ballgame with the amount of technology that that team is putting uh, into RC products now is unbelievable. And I've yeah, got, you yeah. know, obviously today that's a pretty exciting uh, feat for what we've actually are announcing. So we're excited. So yeah, you know, obviously uh, uh, we've been getting some previews of the uh, the stuff that you guys have been working on over the past uh, few weeks and, and few months. And so we're really here excited to hear about it. Um, also share it with our audience. Um, you know, obviously, um, Flight Test has been um, Team Spectrum now for almost a year, yeah. where we've been pretty much exclusively flying Spectrum stuff, and it makes sense for a lot of what we do. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of the Blade stuff, a lot of the great e-flight products, all that's bind and fly, and it's extremely handy for us to be able to makes it easy. Um, just bind all that stuff. Um, but there has been some features where we've been like, man, we really wish we could have, you know, like any product, we wish we could have this, or we could wish to have that, or we could add this. Um, and so it's been really cool to see this development cycle come from uh, Spectrum and to see all of the work you guys have been putting into this product because it really it answers a lot of questions for us of things that we wanted to see in the product line as well. Yeah. Um, and I keep joking around that this is like, pretty sure this is the first transmitter that I can actually use without asking anybody anything, <laughs> you know, just because the uh, the interface and everything. And we'll get into yeah. all that, but I'll tell you what, Steve, can you give us like, um, can you give us just kind of like a high-level preview um, of what the iX12 is? We don't want to bury the lead too much here. I'm sure that yeah. this uh, <laughs> video is actually t- titled iX12. So, Steve, why don't you give us a little preview of what we're looking at here today? So, I mean, I'll just jump right into it. The, the iX12, and I've got one in here in my hands, is a year, actually over a year of development, which is longer than our, if, as you guys know, longer than our normal development cycle. And then um, also we've had 30 engineers working on that for over a year. So put that into perspective. Um, we've had thousands and thousands of hours of app development time, uh, thousands of hours of testing time. 
And this thing's been in beta test now for quite a while in about 30 different guys' hands. So uh, for those of those wow. people out there that say, well, Spectrum just throws a product out there or Horizon just throws a product out there, simply not true. Uh, this radio has been thoroughly tested uh, just beyond a reasonable doubt. We, we've, we've got this thing in every possible situation, scenario, jets, helicopters, uh, I mean, quads, long-range planes. It's just all over the map. Uh, so it, imagine all of the expertise at Horizon and then all of those guys having one of these radios for the last several months and testing it in all the products. Um, it's been a tough thing to keep under the wraps because of so many people's eyeballs are on it, uh, but we're certainly excited to announce this uh, this product because it, it, it really is the next generation in RC, and I think we're setting the bar uh, for what radio controllers need to be in, moving forward in, in, you know, in the world. Um, you know, this radio features Android technology, so you can see the screen I've got in front of me, but it's, it's, uh, it's a touch screen. It's, it's basically like having an Android tablet in your radio. Um, and I can jump into a lot of the features in, in that and maybe even some of the questions that I know people are going to ask right away. Um, the first one being, well, is if the Android system goes down, what happens to my radio? Well, we've thought about that. It's a separate system. They're totally independent. The RF deck is separate of Android. So if Android happens to freeze or whatever, uh, you know, you still have your airplane control. So there's no issues there whatsoever. All right. So just to make sure I'm understanding you probably, Steve, um, it sounds like the, the Android system is primarily used for like uh, is primarily used for um, accessibility and for things like uh, transferring models and for connectivity but your F link is completely separate and that's actually used to control your aircraft yeah. totally yeah very separate in fact when you turn the radio on the radio uh, there's actually an orange the spectrum bars like most of our radios they light up and that's indicating I don't know if most people know but that the spectrum bars lighting up is indicating RF RF deck being on and so this radio turns that on immediately and then you have control of the last aircraft you started with and then once the system boots up you have uh, your normal your normal programming you have your access to Bluetooth you have your access to Wi-Fi uh, and everything else that the Android system allows so as you can imagine with an Android system you do have access to all of the Google Play apps uh, and that can be any anything from social media to email to lap timing systems to flight control, you know, adjustment systems. Uh, it's got pretty much every bit of connectivity that you could imagine in a radio that we've not had before in the years past. So, yes, yeah, so definitely the most one of the most obvious things about this uh, transmitter is the screen. You know, yeah. it has a big, you know, physical Android, you know, uh, touchscreen, and it and actually it's beautiful. Like the yeah. the app itself is really really well Just done. Just looking at the pictures is. Yeah, we, we actually we haven't held one in our hands yet ourselves, but we've seen a lot of the screenshots and just um, how the menus are laid out and everything. And we're just uh, we're really impressed with it because that's something that most people know that have been using transmitters for a while for various different brands um, is that there's a lot of nuance to yep. navigating a transfer uh, transmitter menu, getting to those settings that you want, knowing what they're called across the different transmitters. And um, so it's just like it's not always as intuitive as you would like it to be. And that's something that's really intimidating to like newbies as yeah, well. Definitely. Um, but also something that I like is that um, just kind of the way that this um, screen logic appears to be laid out is it's it's very reminiscent of just kind of like the regular um, uh, Spectrum Airware layout. Yeah. Um, of course, minus a scroll wheel, but um, it, it seems like it has a nice logical flow to it if you're already used to Spectrum or if you're not. Right. Yeah, I mean the the Airware app, and we're still calling it Spectrum Airware, just like we call our you know our Airware system through DX9 and DX8 and all those other uh, legacy or older radios. Sure. Uh, but it, yeah, the biggest thing was you know how do we make an app 
work or feel similar to something with a scroll wheel. And that's actually a difficult task if you really start to think about it because you're now used to, you know, with your thumb always navigating and blipping through the menus. But at the same time, it gives you a little bit more freedom to do cooler things like showing things graphically where you normally couldn't. Um, so we really spent a lot of time on the app, and the app has been in development. That's really the longest part of this radio. As you, you know, I'm, I'm holding up the, the DX9 and the IX12 together, and as you can kind of see from a hardware perspective, these are very similar. Granted, the cases are different, but the radio itself is a very similar size and feel, which the hardware part is really, if you think about it, is the easy part. The software, it can take you know months and months to get right and to get the feel feeling like it's actually going to be able to be produced. Um, so yeah, the, the app is totally designed to be seamless and you can, you know, move through servo setup, you can move through wing type setup easily. There's better graphics for wings, so you can really understand why we have wing type setups with the different servo layouts. You know, you've got, uh, even like your dual rate Nexpo screen has a, just a prettier graph. As much as that probably doesn't matter, it just looks a lot nicer. It's more visually appealing. Yeah. Um, so there's just so many menus like that that are... Improved upon. We can put a lot more information on the screen now. Uh, there's just so much more we can do with a with a four inch display where we couldn't do it with a you know a digital display. Yeah, and something that I've been thinking about too is like as well as like manuals and that sort of thing is when you're using um, uh, something that has like an Android system built into it. I'm gonna guess that like app updates and just overall transmitter updates are gonna work a little bit differently, right, Steve? Yeah. I mean, everyone's got a cell phone, right? So you kind of know when you either when you plug it on charge or you're on a Wi-Fi network, it says, hey, you've got 10 updates, right? Well, the IX will be very similar. So you have the Google Play Store app, which is an actual app. and It's uh, Spectrum Airware or Spectrum Airware for IX12. And that app will have its own okay. app on the store, and you can just hit update, and it will update the app. Also, we can push updates okay. uh, to the radio if it's on Wi-Fi. So really, it'll be as simple as, you know, there's no longer, like, you remember with the current radios, you've got an SD card, and you have to go on the Spectrum community site. Not only do you have to register the radio by typing in the serial number uh, or, you know, exporting it off the SD card, but it's kind of a pain right now. You kind of have to make it a process, like, okay, I'm going to register my radio now. It's going to take me five minutes. Well, now uh, this radio has registration button built into it. So if I'm in the product information nice. screen, and I'm showing you guys this, but the now you have got a button basically that just says register transmitter, and that's going to take you to another screen that says your user ID and your password for the Spectrum site. So you'll have to set it up. If you haven't been a user before, it's got a new sign-up button. So it's just like signing into a new app. You do that, it pumps out your serial number, it gives us all the information on the radio, and now you've got free updates for the radio. The best thing about this is not only is it easy to update, but yeah, we are pushing updates live constantly. And I was talking to our direct, our technical director yesterday, and he was saying he's more excited about, you know, obviously the launch is a big deal for him. And I'll tell you a funny story about that in a minute. But he said, really, the biggest thing is that we're going to be able to push updates on a monthly or bi-monthly basis that are new features and new innovations that we haven't even really done yet because we just couldn't get them done for the launch. So when you look at the amount of work that's been put into this and the amount of work that will be put into this uh, with all the new features that have come out, so it's kind of an ever-evolving system. And I'm really excited about that because that just means that we've got new features coming that we haven't even thought of yet. I know when consumers get these in their hands, they're going to be excited and they're going to think of things that say, hey, can we do this or you know, how about that? And we'll be able to integrate that into the radio and push that live. So it's a kind of an evolving system. It's not just a locked system like our current DX, you know, DX series is. So the tagline of the iX12 actually says next level connectivity. And for the listeners that really don't know what's happening yet, it has Wi-Fi and also Bluetooth. Is that right? Yeah, uh, both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and a serial port on the back. So when you look at connectivity, 
you've got, well, you got a headphone jack too for those of you analog guys, but uh, you've got your serial port for, we'll talk about that, long range systems, you've got a headphone jack, you got Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi can obviously be used for more than just, you know, plug it into your Bluetooth speaker and play music off your radio, um, but we're using it for, you know, lap timing systems like the, uh, like the Immersion Lap RF, or the Team Black Sheep, uh, you know, lap, the tracker system, you know, both of these are really easy and seamless. And we've been working with both Immersion and Team Black Sheep to make sure their apps are, you know, po- you know, set up correctly, uh, optimized, if you will, for the iX12. So we've been working behind the scenes with them. Uh, we've even started working with PID Flight, uh, which, if you guys are familiar with that, that's kind of a, you know, an app where you can adjust PID settings through an Android device. And the neat thing about the 12 is you do have a USB port on it. So not only is that USB port for charging, it's an OTG USB port. So if you have an OTG cable, you just plug right into there, plug right into your flight controller, and now you have full access to Betaflight, adjust all your PID settings, uh, and you know other stuff. We just haven't done a lot of that other testing, but I know anything with a USB port, we can pretty much connect to it. <laughs> So something that I love about this system is that you guys have allowed access to, you know, the actual Android system itself. I mean, I think the temptation would be is when this thing boots up is that you're locked into the Spectrum app or the Spectrum ecosystem on the Android system. But you guys are allowing, you know, other people to, you know, develop their their apps for it, you know, with the integrations with uh, TBS and Immersion. Um, that just, like, is a way more flexible way to go about it. I think it's going to allow for a lot more innovation. And also just, like, you know, if you want to be able to access, you know, Spotify, you can't, you know, you're not going to want to do that within the Spectrum app. You're going to be able to do that, you know, through the Android system. Right. So I really like that you guys kind of made that a little bit more open um, and made that a little bit more accessible. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really cool. It's definitely one of those decisions we had to make as a brand and as a company to say, hey, do we really want to let people mess with this? But because it's a separate system, there's really no issues with a safety concern if you you know do something stupid with your Android gotcha. system while you're flying or whatever. So having that a separate system really helps us make that decision. But really, it comes down to this is the the coolest radio out there with with all this adjustment that we there's a lot of stuff I haven't even thought of and I've been playing with this thing for a long time and um, you know the the story I was going to tell you about our technical director uh, he, John Adams has been with the company pretty much since the Horizon started he's been here I forget how many years but he is on the original patent for Spectrum 2.4 and to put, oh, wow. so so put that into perspective he's literally the founder of, one of the founders of Spectrum. And uh, he said that this radio it was harder, it was more work and harder to do than originally launching Spectrum as a brand. And if it's wow. a, I mean, that's like, that kind of put me back. I was thinking, talking to him yesterday, I'm like, wow, that's, uh, that's crazy. Because he's like, you know, back when it was just 2.4, it was a module, it was super easy, it was easy, you know, quote unquote easy for him. But when you look at this, it's just so much more involved in launching a new radio system, new platform entirely, uh, which was just pretty cool to hear him say that. Yes, this transmitter is, is is very different. So that makes sense to me that yeah. you know with the whole other level of complexity. You know, you were talking about you know all the different engineers have been working on this for over a year. This is a huge project. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes sense to me that this would be bigger than anything else that you guys have worked on. It's um, like a computer in your hands. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like a yeah. transmitter and a tablet all blended up together. <laughs> and the um, the screen and the interface is probably the most obvious thing to talk yeah. about, just because it's you know it's the biggest mo- visual difference. But let's right. talk about some more subtleties of the radio, of just like what it feels like in your hands. Um, is there any difference with the gimbals? Is there you know different switch positions? Like obviously right. it's you know twelve channels as opposed to the radio that we use most which is the x9 um can you talk a little bit about that steve 
Yeah, so really the best analogy I can I can make is, you know, if you if you fly a DX9 or have held a DX9 and if I blindfolded you and put the IX12 in your hands, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Um, there are a couple of things that are different are, you know, obviously the case is very different because we have uh, the the module on the back for for your serial port, we've adjusted the antenna system on it a little bit. Um, we've adjusted the sliders on the back to be a little longer and easier to grab. Uh, we've really and the biggest modification to the actual case is not only the power button because it needs to be an electronic tap button, but also a uh, the gimbals. And the gimbals are and I'm, as you can see, there's there's a little there's covers on all these different little adjustments on here. Um, and all those adjustments are allowing you to adjust tension or to change the mode of the transmitter all from the front of the radio. Previously, if you remember, on like a DX9, you have to go to the back of the radio, pull the grips off maybe in some cases, pull some you know grommets off and work on the back of the radio. Now you've got pretty much full selection on the front of your radio. Not only that, we have these, uh, these little trapezoidal cutouts, which I'll just use that term, but these little switch covers, and there's switches below uh, those covers, which allow me to change the full throw range of my gimbal stick. So for those Tyrannus users out there, I believe like a Tyrannus radio comes with a full throw on your throttle, whereas Spectrum comes with a shorter throw. And the reason we do a shorter throw is not because we have shorter fingers, but actually it's more ergonomic to have your throttle throw shorter because if you're at full throttle and you provide a left or right rudder input, it's actually less difficult to do. But if you like that feel, we're now allowing you to change that on the fly without having to open up the radio. So there's switches in there, you just click the switches and now you've got a full range stick. You do have to recalibrate the radio, but that takes two seconds anyway. So it's a pretty nice yeah, gimbal. Not only, and the gimbals are just as buttery smooth as our current DX9 gimbals. So if you like the feel of our gimbals, you're definitely going to like these gimbals because there's just a lot more adjustability. Yeah, so we're, we're talking about this radio, and there is a lot of features packed into this. You have a high-definition screen, touchscreen. You have Bluetooth. You have Wi-Fi. Uh, you have the typical RF link. So, I mean, obviously, it's going to take more battery, but how is the battery life on the radio? So this is gonna this is where the kind of it's gonna change a little bit for most users. So right now, as a, someone who's obviously been flying Spectrum for years, I charge my DX9, and you guys are probably the same way. Probably charge your DX9 once a week, maybe once a month if you haven't been flying a lot. Granted, I'm sure you guys fly nearly every day like I do, so it's a little bit more frequent. So you know, with the DX9 or any of our old DX radios, they they definitely last a whole lot longer than the IX12 will. That being said, it's going to tr be treated a little bit more like your cell phone, but it will still have more battery life than that. With your cell phone, you're on it all day, you're checking Facebook, that kind of thing. If you're at the field with a 12, and I did this on Saturday, and we've done this ton time and time again, but um, if we let the radio run full RF, everything blasting, you'll get pretty much a day out of it. Uh, if you're at the field and you're flying and you're uh, you know coming back, talking to your buddies, charging, going back out flying, like a typical day at the field, you're not on the radio all day long. However, because it's Android, it doesn't make sense to shut the whole system down. So we've actually designed a, uh, a quick sleep functionality, kind of like locking your cell phone. And so what that does is uh, shuts off the RF deck and puts the radio to quote unquote sleep, just like locking your phone power consumption, that kind of thing. It's kind of like when you turn your DX9 off, it just goes the beep, beep and it shuts off. Well, this, instead of shutting Android off and rebooting it every time, which doesn't make sense, uh, they, they have this. So it's it does last quite a bit longer. And for example, a typical day at the field for me, or last Saturday when it was actually nice out, uh, I flew about 20 times and I was there for about six hours. 
And that's quite a bit of flying. We were testing and doing all kinds of stuff and flying long range and uh, really putting this radio through its paces. I used 20% of the radio's battery uh, in six hours. So it's not bad at all. It's certainly not, you know, oh, I used 1% of it from my DX9. But the, the point is we, we were just, you know, you can't get that level of battery performance out of something running an Android system. So, yeah, battery performance isn't as great as it was, but I don't think it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, I have to charge my radio in between flights. It's definitely not going to be that. Yeah, so one thing I'm seeing here on the screen, it talks about USB charging. So, you know, everybody, or well, most everybody that's been in this hobby for any kind of time usually has the LiPo to USB adapter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm one of those people that is flying 15 hours straight with not turning the radio off at all, could I have an external battery and charge it with that USB? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I can. Uh, I can even see if I if I had to, I can strap a you know, you know obviously a battery pack to the back of this thing and just run off of it. Uh, but really, I, again, I don't think it's going to come to that for the majority of yeah. people, especially if you're the kind of the casual guy. If, even if you're, let's say you're at Joe Nall and you're flying all day long, you may throw it on charge at lunch. But even then, I, I don't think you're going to be blasting the R. If you use the sleep functionality like it was intended after every flight, you're not going to be burning the battery in a, in a morning. Certainly not in a full day. So yeah, I, th I think obviously, like if you're if you have more features, you're gonna have more power consumption. Yeah. That's kind of a no brainer. And, but honestly, like as a consumer, I kind of throw my devices into two buckets. Like I think of things as something that I throw in charge every time I'm not using it, and the things that I don't have to do that with. Right. Like for example, I have noise canceling headphones. I use at my desk. I charge them maybe once a month, and then my watch I put on charge every night. You right. know, so you you kind of just kind of put those things in two categories. And I think now this this transmitter is just gonna fall into the you plug it in when you're not using it, yep. and it's always ready to go. On a little bit different topic, Steve, um, I, I'm, I'm assuming that this radio is going to be using the same protocol, um, like DSMX, and probably backwards compatible to DSM2. Does that does that sound about right? Yep, same same as always. It'll be DSMX and backwards compatible. Um, if you've got a G2 radio, which would be like a DX9 or lower, you can take all your models from that and throw it into the 12, and it will accept them all. So that's a nice feature. So for upgrading, it's really a, a seamless nice. situation. Um, but yeah, it'll support all DSMX, all DSM2, uh, so the protocol has, remains unchanged, um, so we'll leave it at that for now. Uh, I've got some exciting news so, maybe in a while, but <laughs> yeah, currently that's what the radio so will be. So Steve, you kind of glossed over something uh, right there I just wanted to talk about real quick. So if somebody has like a DX9 or an older um, uh, DX uh, transmitter, so they're going to be able to, like if they have 100 models, they're going to be able to just transfer those to the new model? Yeah, you just hit import model, throw your SD card in there, it'll see that SD card, it'll show all your models there, just select all, import, and pop them right in. Um, so it's it really nice. was designed to be that seamless. Uh, granted, you won't have all any model pictures, but it will have like a default, you know, image of an airplane or a helicopter right. based on what the model is. And then you can you can send pictures to the radio. You can Bluetooth them from your phone. You can Google them on the radio and save them to the radio and throw them and throw a picture in there. The, the other nice feature I I kind of want to jump to real quick is um, this new text to speech functionality. And I, I know a lot of people use voice for alerts and that kind of thing, but right now it's limited to you know what we've put in the radio, or if you're, you know, if let's say you're a Tyrannus user, you kind of have a, a wave file put in there. And in fact, I know Spectrum can do that, but it's a little more difficult than it should be. But now, um, you can throw in any file, any wave file into the SD card and put it into the Android system, so that's easy. 
And the biggest thing is now we have text-to-speech, which is Google's text-to-speech, which if you've never played with it, you can type in anything and it'll say anything, and I mean anything. Um, and, and so you, we've got that. You've got all the different voices that you could use from Google. And, so you can, and then we have macros attached to that. So, for example, if you're you know, flying and you want to say something like, you need to land immediately, battery voltage is, and then you put the macro in and it pulls in the telemetry data from the voltage. And that macro will just automatically say the voltage and then anything that you had before or after it. So you can have it say a full sentence, a paragraph with several macros in there, pulling various data in every time, or put it on different switches. So it's a really nice feature that I think people will start to learn and to use better because you can really have it say anything you need to. Uh, which is cool. So yeah, I definitely see value in being able to, you know, hear data while right. you're flying. And obviously, these are this is a feature that some transmitters have for a long time. You haven't been able to make it say anything you want and have like macros enabled and that sort of thing on it. But um, like I could see like definitely being underneath the goggles or just being, you know, looking up at your airplane, not wanting to look down yeah. for some data at your transmitter. Like I think that a lot of people are going to use that. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds really awesome, especially with the Bluetooth functionality, being able to have like a Bluetooth, you know, earpiece in one ear mm-hmm. so you're hearing your transmitter talk to you with the telemetry but you know some of the quad racers out there like to have the earbud plugged in their their goggles so they actually hear the quad or listen to music whatever but just having both of those be able to happen at the same time is pretty awesome yeah it's very cool steve something else that we wanted to uh mention before um we take off today is that um we wanted to touch on the integrations aspect mm-hmm. of things you know with uh with team black sheep um, with a crossfire and with the um, the lap timing system, that sort of yeah. thing with uh, immersion. Um, obviously, you know, crossfire is something that's been out for a little while. It's been out for a couple of years, but just the past um, seems like this the past few months, it's really taken a you know a big curve upwards. And so I, I see that that's something you guys have recognized as an important in- integration. Um, can you just talk about that a little bit and like what some of the decision making was there? Yeah, so we've been talking to Trappy for quite some time uh, in various different formats, but recently with the Spectrum team more so, um, and we really we've built this kind of serial port to, to accept any serial data system, so it's not limited to to the Crossfire. But that being one of the more popular ones, we wanted to kind of showcase that with the launch. Uh, it's something I use. It's something all of us use here. And as you guys know, like you just said, it's a big trend in the market. But the the cool thing is, is you know, well, we didn't have it in the past. We're certainly going to uh, you know have it going forward, and certainly going to accept it in most any future radio development. Uh, and we can talk about kind of how we're addressing the previous radios here in a moment. But really, the serial port is a uh, is an eight pin. Uh, port and allows allows you just to plug right in and we sell a cable that will plug into that it provides power and serial data to your crossfire uh, and you're going to be able to run on crsf so yeah with all these new features what really is going to be in this radio for the the quad pilots the guys out there racing the ones doing the freestyle well uh we've got our obviously crossfire but we've got uh vtx channel changing set up in here too so if you have a smart audio uh setup you can go in the radio and adjust video transmitter channels uh from that and we'll be producing video transmitters that work well with that as well um so that's an easy thing so you go to your radio kind of like the dx9 has but now it's just a graphic interface you click on the band you want click on that and go uh, the Bluetooth nice. the Bluetooth integration really is nice for the lap timing system, so I know guys will like that. Um, 
you know, it, is this radio overkill for a quad with channels? Yeah, absolutely. It's a 12-channel radio. But, uh, you know, with all those features, it is kind of nice. I mean, we're really trying to hit the meat of the market, which just isn't the FPV guy. It's the airplane guy. It's the sailplane guy. Uh, so we're, we're uh, and I know that it's hard for the quad guys to understand that, but we have to hit the whole market. Um, but it, it certainly is a, a little bit overkill for them. But I think those features, having that PID flight, having that OTG connection with the USB is a big deal. And... Uh, yeah, there's just so many features. I know all the Team Spectrum FPV guys have seen this radio for about a week and a half now. They actually saw this radio a year ago when we brought them in, early February of 2017. We brought all them in to kind of just do a day with the office, and they saw the original version of this, uh, which was called the DX12, which we never used that name, but uh, that, that they saw that early radio, and they really liked it, but it didn't have a lot of the features they wanted, like the USB connection, or the USB connection, or the serial port working correctly. So we've taken a lot of their input and put it into this radio. And one last feature for the FPV guy, I don't know, I know a lot of quad guys won't use this, but the you know with our focal DVR headset, uh, you can have, you can hook them up via wireless trainer, and now you have a perfectly set up head tracking system. So if you're flying airplanes. Then now when you got a servo pan and tilt set up, you just hook your goggles to your radio via the wireless trainer link, and now you've got channels, whatever, aux 2, aux 3, set up for your pan and tilt, and now you can look around while you're flying your airplane. So that's a pretty cool feature, too. Yeah, I think, Steve, the, something I, I really like about the flexibility of the Android system is that it does allow you to target different categories of the air market. Oh. Like, obviously, not every single feature on this transmitter is going to be good for any particular vertical right. of the market. Um, but I think that the... With this Android system, I'm excited to see what happens with development, um, you know, for new features within the radio because that's yeah. definitely something that's different, um, and I think that's pretty exciting, you know, to, you know for for every vertical of the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Steve, earlier you said something that kind of made my ears perk up. Um, something about Crossfire being supported with other radios. Yeah, so um, very soon, and I, I've been saying very soon to our team pilots for a while, but. Very soon, shortly after the launch of this radio, we're going to provide uh, some information on how to update existing radios. That being said, right now, it will only work on the DX9. So if you have a DX6, I apologize, it's not going to work for you uh, or anything else. But the DX9 platform is what our team pilots have been flying. Uh, I know you guys have had this update too for a bit, uh, but the um, you know it's it's a it's a hardware modification. It's a serial line coming off the RF deck. It's a software modification, uh, which we're going to provide all of that outbound. We're going to provide how to do it. Uh, we've worked with Team Black Sheep on kind of that, and then we're also going to provide an option for you to send your radios to us to be serviced properly. Uh, to be set up with that cable. And really, it's a little bit of a mod, but if you're used to soldering in small places and being careful with yeah. solder, then you can pretty much do it yourself. I've done five radios, personally. It's it's a little tiny solder port on the back of the RF deck. You do have to pull the radio apart. You kind of have to plan it out, but it's not scary. And if you do want to run Crossfire via CRSF on DX9s, we will be able to provide that uh, shortly. So hang tight. I know I know everyone's been craving for that. They've seen our team pilots use it for so long. They've probably even seen you use it on videos. So I, it's coming, uh, but we wanted to put all of our effort into the 12, get that out, and then we'll get, come back to, to helping out those guys who will have a DX9. Yeah, and I honestly I think that people would absolutely love that. I think that's a that's going to be a huge upgrade for people right. that do have the DX9 that aren't quite ready to move to the 12. And um, maybe that's something that we can you know do some flight test content on and show oh, people uh, how to do that, how to work on that. And, and actually, um, Steve, um, you know this is Thursday, the launch of the product, but um, sometime next week uh, we're going to see you here um, at our shop here at Flight Test. Um, so if you know if you guys listening to this, if you guys are on 
um, uh, the YouTube uh, video page, or if you're on uh, um, uh, flighttest.com slash podcasts, um, out there at the uh, podcast page, leave us a comment you yeah. know, below if you guys have questions about the radio. Um, we are going to be doing some content on it to show people more features. And um, part of the reason why we wanted to do this podcast you know, ahead of time in order to get it out for the launch is that we just know that um, when you're thinking about placing a pre-order, when you're thinking about you know making a big investment or you're thinking about changing transmitters, um, you want as much information as possible. Yeah. And so we personally had some questions that you know we've gotten answered in the previous weeks and months. And so we wanted to kind of recreate that for some people that we knew that was going to have um, some of those questions right off the bat. So right. um, hopefully that you guys have found this helpful. Um, and yeah, we'd, we'd love to cover some more video content as well with, with Steve. So yeah, and also I think it's uh, it's really important just you know the just the way the new interface works for this and just the way that the um the transmitter was designed and i just feel like it's more um user friendly mm-hmm. and i think that's an important move for transmitters is to start to become more user friendly right um so i'm excited to uh to see what it does uh for spectrum i'm excited to see what it does you know for us we're excited to use these yeah. well as well um but actually uh steve we forgot one thing <laughs> is kind of important is what's the price what's what's the uh what's the price tag on this thing yeah yeah, so uh, the the system, which is the Radio Plus receiver, which is the 9030T, which is an airplane receiver, that's going to go for $699, but the transmitter only will be $599. Uh, so a little bit more expensive than what the DX9 launched at, which was, I think, $499. Uh, so 100 bucks more, now you're getting a, basically a tablet <laughs> in your radio. Yeah, I mean, that's even cheaper than my phone. Yeah, hey, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously, you know, this is a big investment, you know, mm-hmm. um, even though I think the transmitter is absolutely priced right at five five ninety nine, yeah. um, it, it's going to be a big investment. It's also, I think it's going to be a really solid investment. If this is the hobby for you, you know, you may as well make it a great experience yeah. and have a great transmitter. Uh, it's going to grow with you. And now finally, it's like going to adapt with you. We can finally say that. Right. Um, so I think that that's going to be, that's going to be really, really huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, you know, since we got our DX9s here at the shop, that's pretty much all I've been using. I absolutely love it. And I haven't wanted to change it until now. And I'm pretty sure this is what I'm going to ask Austin to get me for Christmas. Yeah. Well, maybe we can work something out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really to that right. point real quick, the, the availability on this should be, I'm hoping, uh, before Christmas, believe it or not. And if not, it'll awesome. be really early January. Oh, okay. So it's, it is a possible okay. Christmas gift if you do want to get into it. All right, so just to make sure I'm getting this right, so if people pre-order this now, um, they're probably going to be able to get it sometime in January. I mean, we won't hold you to that, but pretty much. I mean, it, really, I'll find out soon from Dustin. He's actually in China on the line right now, and uh, okay. if I if he says go go go, they ship uh, December twelfth uh, air, oh, wow. so they'll be here right before Christmas. All right, Steve, we want to thank you uh, for taking the time to talk to us. I'm sure that with this launch, it's absolutely crazy over there for you. Um, But we really appreciate you taking an hour or so to spend with us um, to give our audience uh, the information that they need. Yeah. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed that. Um, Talking to uh, Steve from uh, Spectrum and Horizon Hobby. Um, And, uh, yeah, we're really excited to get our hands on this transmitter. Yeah, I'm Um, very excited about it. They were working on getting us one before launch, and Mm -hmm. it just didn't quite work out, as things tend to do with these uh, big launches like this. But... Um, Steve is going to be stopping by next week. Um, we are going to get a chance to talk to him and uh, create some content with him yeah. around the transmitter. Um, because even though he was able to hold it up and kind of show us like um, what you're able to do when you really get it on the workbench and really dive into it. Yeah, is, sure. uh, Pictures probably don't do it justice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're excited to get our hands on it. So yeah. if you have a question about the transmitter, if you have something you want us to cover, uh, leave us in the comment below. Um, please subscribe, whether you're in iTunes um, or if you're on YouTube. Um, and yeah, give us some feedback what you think about the episode. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching. See ya.